0: Cat Zingano versus Megan Anderson fight prediction. Dun dun dun! Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. As usual, before we jump into this next episode, I want to remind you guys: you can hit me up on Twitter at fightjunkie.com, listen to me on Anchor.fm, and of course subscribe to the YouTube channel YouTube.com/slash/FightJunkie2006. So we have Kat Zingano coming into the contest with 10 wins and 3 losses. Of those 10 wins, 5 are by KO TKO, 3 by Sub, 2 by Decision. Of those 3 losses, 1 by Sub, 2 by Decision. Megan Anderson comes into the contest, 8 wins, 3 losses. Of her 8 wins, 4 by KO TKO, 2 by Sub, 2 by Decision. Over three losses, one is by sub, two by decision. Currently, the odds sit at Kat Zingano as a minus 145 favorite. That's a straight line. Megan Anderson, plus 125. Fight will go, won't go to a decision. This is a three round fight. Fight goes to the cards, minus 180. Fight doesn't go, plus 150. Fight is a draw, 70 to 1. Zangano wins inside plus 322. Anderson wins by decision plus 289. Anderson wins inside plus 385. And Zangano wins by decision plus 145. So there's a couple important things when you're looking at this fight as far as the matchup goes. There are styles. This is basically. Striker versus grappler and I know that's kind of simplistic but in this fight it really is. On the feet I believe Megan Anderson has a big big advantage. I've never really been a fan of Kat Zingano in all honesty. Her wrestling is good, and in women's MMA, if you're a good wrestler, a lot of times that's all you really need. Especially when you're dealing with women that are mostly strikers. Because obviously most women haven't had a wrestling pedigree, haven't had the opportunity to learn wrestling since they were 8 years old like a lot of the guy fighters do. So a lot of the women MMA fighters aren't as good in wrestling, defense, or offense That's going to change, of course, as more women continue to fight and the sport evolves. But just generally speaking, that's usually how it is. So if you have a really good wrestling base like Kat does, then you're able to do things to these strikers and they're not able to prepare for that. They're kind of like fish out of water. And you saw that with Megan Anderson in her fight with Holly Holm. She's a really good striker for women's MMA, but she is terrible on the ground. Her not only in her takedown defense, but her actual jiu-jitsu positioning and understanding positions when you're on the ground. She's really, really a newbie when it comes to that. You can see that Holly Holm's a boxer. Holly Holm's basically a pure striker. Holly Holm has had confidence issues with her wrestling before. They've been trying to get her to do more and more wrestling. Granted, Holm is super strong. She's really underrated in the strength department. She has really big, stre- good strength. You saw that against Cyborg. She actually was able to positionally dominate Cyborg in the clinch. She did the same thing with Megan. But it's the way she took Megan down so easily. When if you look back at any of Holly Holm's other fights. She was able to do well in the clinch. But she wasn't able to get fighters down like she was able to get Megan down. And that's a big problem for Megan facing a wrestler like Cat. The problem with Cat in this fight is that her striking is abysmal. So you've got Megan with a huge advantage on the feet and I believe Cat with a huge advantage on the ground, but everything starts standing and Cat has to walk through that. Her defense sucks. I think her striking sucks. Like I said, I haven't really been impressed with everything that she does. Some people are really high on her. A lot of people a lot of other people don't think very much of her and that you know that she's got a low um, in the cage, uh, IQ, and I tend to lean that way. I don't, I don't think that she's really as skilled as people believe. I believe she's skilled in wrestling, but overall, as a mixed martial artist, I don't believe that she has all the skills that she tries to portray herself as having. And I think you would see that if this fight stays on the feet for any amount of time. I think she's at a huge disadvantage. And honestly, if it stayed on the feet for any significant amount of time, she's probably going to get sparked out, in all honesty. Her striking is just not there, and her defense is really not going to hold up against a striker like Megan. And you're talking about a huge size disadvantage here for Kat. She's roughly 5'6", Megan stands 6 feet tall. And then you got Cat moving up in weight from 35 to 45. Megan is a big 145 pounder. Do you really think she's going to weigh 145 come fight night? That's a that's a big big issue when you're looking at this fight because on paper you say, "My Lord, Megan Anderson couldn't stop takedowns from Holly Holm." How the hell is she going to stop Takedowns from Kat Zingano but you gotta look a little deeper, gotta get the shovel out, dig, 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 dig in there, get in there, guys. You gotta dig a little deeper because cat is moving up, and cat is more of a double leg, single leg type of wrestler where home got into the clinch and muscled and muscled her down. I don't think you're going to see Cat be able to dominate Megan in the clinch. One home is bigger than Cat. She's almost the same size as Megan. I believe she's like 5'10", 5'11". cat's pushing 5'6". So I don't think Cat's going to be able to dominate her in the clinch. She would have to drop down and shoot for a double leg. Will it work? Probably. Simply because I don't believe Megan has very good takedown defense. Whether it's in the clinch or double leg or single leg. I just don't think she has very good takedown defense. The problem is you're talking about how big Megan is and even if Kat's able to get her down but not keep her down or get her down but not submit her... Does that weight disadvantage, that height disadvantage, that overall size disadvantage start to wear on cat? I've had issues with cat before where I believe her cardio fails. If this fight got into the third round, I believe Megan would probably have a big advantage, especially if she was able to land any strikes at all on cat throughout the fight. So I think this is going to be a case if you're looking at cat and you're looking at her being able to get Megan down, then you want her to do this quickly, often, and keep her down. Now, what happens if she's able to get her down? I think she dominates her. And what do I mean by dominate? I think she could ground and pound her out, or I think she could submit her. Now, when you're looking at this line, each girl isn't favored to win inside. So, let's see. We got Kat Zingano, who obviously is a favorite, but slight, straight. But we also have Zingano wins inside the distance at plus 322, where we have Zingano wins by decision at plus 145. I get what they're thinking. Like she's going to take her down and just kind of lay and pray. Megan's not going to be able to get up. But I think there's a big gap in talent there on the ground. Not only with Kat's ability to positionally dominate her but and ground and pound her. But submission wise, I think she could submit Megan on the ground. Megan's got three losses. One was by sub. I think Kat has enough submission skills that she would be able to submit her if she got her down and was positionally dominating. Would she? Well, she does a lot of ground and pound as well, but either way, if you've got Kat straight or you've got her inside, then that would obviously hit. I just think the line's a little bit off there. I know this happens a lot in women's MMA because most of the time they go to a decision, but you got to look at the stylistic matchups here. And I think on the feet, Megan has an uh, opportunity to spark Kat out. And I think on the ground, Kat has an opportunity to finish Megan. And when you look at the odds for Anderson to win inside, her inside is plus 385 and her decision is 289. So it's the exact same thing. That doesn't make any sense to me because... Kat Zagano striking is nowhere near Megan Anderson's and Megan Anderson is going to have to keep it on the feet to win this fight. She cannot win a grappling match against Kat. So she's going to have to keep it on the feet. So if she can keep it on the feet. And in my opinion, has that big of an advantage. I think at some point she would able to be able to spark Kat out. Now Kat hasn't been KO'd or TKO'd, but she is facing a much better striker, a much bigger girl who's going to be much heavier. We're not just talking about six feet to five six. We're talking about actual weight. And that weight behind those punches. And I believe she's at a big, big disadvantage when it comes to the striking game. So that's why I said when you break it down, it really is like a grappler versus a striker. But the normal big advantage that Kat would have, being able to take Miga down and be the better wrestler and dominate her on the ground, is still there. But it's a little bit skewed because of the move up and the size disadvantage uh, you you can't underestimate that if she gets into a clinch position or shoots a double leg, and Megan is able to stuff it or able to put her weight and just grind on her, you don't know how that's going to affect Cat. Again, comparing Cat to Holly Holm is a little bit of a misnomer because Holly Holm is so much bigger than Cat and so much stronger, in my opinion, in the clinch. So I think. They both have advantages in their respective art, with Cat having the big advantage in the overall grappling, and Megan having the overall advantage and just pure striking. And I could see each person being able to uh, implement their game plan with Megan trying to keep distance, move around, and strike Cat with her poor defense, and Cat trying to get close enough to snatch up a single leg. Or rush in and grab a clinch and then just immediately drop down to a double leg. And then, like I said, if it hits the mat, she's got the big advantage. So you can see how the game plans are going to try to play out. You can see the strategies That each girl is going to do. Now you need to pick a side. And you need to look at the odds. Well um, the odds straight. Aren't really bad either way really. I mean Kat minus 145. And Megan plus 125. That's not really a bad line. I believe Kat was even higher at one point. She's kind of been up and down. But she's hovered around that 140 mark. And Megan at plus 125. I get why she's the underdog. Even though she's the bigger, bigger girl. It's simply because of her poor takedown defense that she showed against Holly Holm. But again, like I said, there could be a little asterisk there because Kat isn't the same exact type of fighter that Holly Holm is. Does Kat have better wrestling? Does she have better grappling? Of course she does, but you still got to get it there. And I think she's at a strength disadvantage compared to what Holly Holm was when she fights Megan. So that's something to look at as far as how do I think they could win? How do I think it plays out? Well, again, if Kat wins, she's got to get it to the ground. And I think if she gets it to the ground, I really do believe there's an opportunity there for her to win Inside the distance. doesn't matter if it's ground and pound. It doesn't matter if it's submission. I just believe that her overall skill level there on the ground in a grappling match is just so much better than what Megan is going to be able to bring. Even if Megan's been training nothing but wrestling since the home loss. I mean you just simply can't raise your skill level that fast when you're talking about wrestling, takedown defense, and jiu-jitsu positions and just positioning overall, you just can't. And she really looked like a fish out of water, a total noob when she, when her back hit the mat. As far as Megan goes, same thing. She's got the huge advantage, but it's just in the striking. To win, she's got to keep Kat away from her and land punches on her. If she can start to land punches on her, I believe that's going to be the sign that Kat's going to be sparked out. In all honesty, I just don't think... Cat can stay on the outside with Megan Anderson for three rounds and not either get just totally lit up and busted up or actually put down and out. I just think the size, the height difference, the reach, and the overall skill gap when it comes to peer striking is too much for Cat to overcome. If she can't get in close and get some type of takedown, whether it's a trip takedown, again, single, double leg, some type of way to get Megan down where you take away that threat of striking. So when you look at that, that's how I see both both players coming out. Is an inside type of fight. I really do. That's why I'm looking at the fight doesn't go to a decision because you're getting a nice 150 line right there. It actually opened a little higher at plus 175. And I could see why people are betting that because if you dig a little deeper into this, you realize that Megan has such a big advantage on the feet that Cat may not be able to cope with that. And on the flip side, Cat has such an advantage on the ground that Megan certainly. Won't be able to cope with that. It's just a matter of how much work does Kat put in. If she gets Megan down. Does she actually go for the finish. Or is she just happy enough to put in enough work. Not to get stood up. And she does that for three rounds and wins on the card. That's a possibility. And the real real question here is because of the weight. Is Kat going to get tired at 45? Is she going to be able to absorb the punches from a big, big girl, Megan Anderson, at 145 pounds, who will be much, much bigger on fight night? You know, these are the things. Is Kat going to be too weak to take a big 145 pounder down like Megan? So she has great wrestling. But damn, what if she gets tired shooting those takedowns? What if she struggles to get the takedown? And then cardio issues come into play in the second round or the third round. She's standing on the outside, getting lit up on the feet. Fatigue sets in. Hard punches from Megan. You can see how both fighters has advantages and disadvantages here. How both fighters, if their game plan is implemented correctly have advantages that could end the fight. On the flip side, if they're not able to do what they need to do, then they're the ones facing a big disadvantage. And it could be them that end up losing the fight inside the distance. Looking at this fight, guys, I really do uh, like fight doesn't go to a decision because... As we've pointed out, I can make a case for either girl. I really think somehow, some way, this fight ends before the final bell. That's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will sock it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.